Hi, this is Dr. Tom Murtaugh of the Christ Hospital in Cincinnati on behalf of the International Cardio-Oncology Society. Today we present highlights from a recent webinar on the diagnosis of AL amyloidosis. This can certainly be a diagnostic challenge, but Dr. Palladini presents several cases which illustrate an ideal approach to the patient with potential AL amyloidosis. ICOS is here to provide resources for clinicians and patients navigating the world of cardio-oncology. So check out ic-os.org for more information. And now we will introduce Dr. Palladini and hear his discussion. So with that, I will hand over to Dr. to Professor Palladini, who I will give a brief introduction. He is the acting director of the Amyloidosis Research and Treatment Center at the University Hospital in San Matteo in Pavia, Italy. He's the vice president and president-elect of the International Society of Amyloidosis. And as many of you on the call will know, his studies have led to the establishment of standard of care for the diagnosis, risk stratification, and treatment of patients with AL amyloidosis and we are very fortunate to have him speak to us today. Professor Palladini. Thank you very much for this nice introduction and uh, I am grateful for the opportunity of being here to discuss with you the pathway to diagnosis in AL amyloidosis and I will try to do this with the help uh, of a couple of clinical cases. Um, the first one was uh, a 74-year-old male who had no relevant medical history who started de developing exertional dyspnea that he had for eight months. Uh, after that time, he uh, was seen by a cardiologist as an outpatient and uh, in, an echo was performed and the patient had an increased wall thickness. Uh, the cardiologist recommended a cardiac MRI that was done and uh, amyloidosis was suspected. And then after the MRI, a cardiac scintigraphy with bone tracers was recommended that was done and showed a significant score two cardiac uptake. Based on this data, the patient was diagnosed with cardiac transthyretin amyloidosis and was sent to an authorized centers in our national health system for uh, having access to tafamidis. However, the uh, tests that you have to do to get tafamidis in Italy mandate a, um, a search for a monoclonal component. And uh, an IgG lambda monoclonal component was actually detected. So the patient was referred to our center after a few months since uh, the uh, disease manifested for amyloid typing. We saw him in September 2019. The patient was a heart failure class three. Indeed, he had an IgG lambda, small monoclonal protein with a low, a low level, yet abnormal level of a free light chain in the serum. Uh, the uh, cardiac biomarkers was, were very high, both troponin and anti-proBNP. We uh, had a tissue diagnosis on abdominal fat and uh, the uh, amyloid deposits uh, were identified by mass spectrometry as lambda. And the final diagnosis was uh, cardiac AL, lambda AL amyloidosis. 
So the turning point in the diagnostic process was late in this patient. Uh, the cheaper and uh, uh, probably fastest test was actually done at the end of the diagnostic process. And uh, uh, the, uh, what, what indicated the need of a biopsy-based approach was this small monoclonal component. And uh, a few days after diagnosis, the patient unfortunately died before we could even start treatment. So uh, we have uh, uh, many types of systemic amyloidosis. The most uh, frequent you can encounter in your clinical practice are listed here. And coming to heart involvement, the two forms of amyloidosis that most common have cardiac involvement are AL, light chain amyloidosis, and tristyretin amyloidosis, both the uh, wild type one, uh, formerly known as senile, and the hereditary one. Uh, these forms uh, have uh, an overlapping uh, clinical presentation, so it is very difficult to distinguish these forms uh, between these forms clinically. Sometimes you may have uh, involvement of the heart uh, plus involvement of the kidney or, or the soft tissue such as macroglossia, and this is a strong indication of real type uh, amyloidosis, but most often you have no clinical hint to distinguish between these forms. And this is the relative incidence of uh, cardiac amyloidosis type at our center in Pavia over the last, 20, over the last 10 years. And you see that uh, the number of uh, uh, AL amyloidosis remained uh, pretty stable, but the number of uh, ATTR wild type patients increased. And in the last three years, uh, this is uh, as frequent as uh, AL at our center. So uh, at our center, you cannot guess the amyloid type. You have a 50% chance of having AL or having ATTR, and uh, you need uh, specific testing. But the two diseases, even though they are uh, similar in phenotype, are very different in the clinical course because AL amyloidosis is a, a rapidly progressive disease and patients with advanced disease actually have a median survival of only, of very, of only few months and most of them die within a few weeks, while uh, even the patients with uh, ATTR amyloidosis who are uh, stage 3 have a much better survival compared to AL amyloidosis. So you are losing most, uh, we are losing most of the patients with AL amyloidosis in the first few weeks. And we should consider AL amyloidosis as a medical emergency. So the first step when you suspect amyloidosis should be to rule out AL. Um, fortunately, we have a non-biopsy-based approach for uh, diagnosed amyloidosis. This increased the diagnosis of non-AL, particularly ATTR amyloidosis, because you have cardiac uptake of bone tracers in ATTR amyloidosis, but, uh, and usually you don't have uh, this uh, uptake in AL amyloidosis, but there are cases, approximately 15% of patients with AL amyloidosis and a strong cardiac uptake, and there are a few cases of uh, ATTR variant without cardiac uptake. So in the presence of a monoclonal component, you need a tissue characterization. So the first step in the diagnostic process 
should be to look for a monoclonal component, which will be small in most instances, because the clone is small. The, and so you will need to combine high sensitivity tests, immunofixation of serum and urine, and free light chain testing. Uh, when it comes to typing, uh, the problem is that uh, standard line microscopy, this is an endomyocardial biopsy, immunohistochemistry does not usually work because, for non, uh, because of non-specific staining for TTR usually. So this was a patient with uh, cardiac AL that actually uh, stained more strongly with anti-TTR uh, antibodies. So what you, what you can do is uh, using... Uh, uh, custom-made antibodies or commercial antibodies, but using electron microscopy. But the gold standard is uh, mass spectrometry that is not antibody-dependent. With any of these technologies, however, you need uh, to be an uh, expert because uh, each of these uh, technologies have uh, as its uh, pitfalls. So you need to send samples to be, uh, an experienced center that has technology, but also expertise. And then there are patients uh, that are uh, discovered, that are diagnosed, because of, of uh, a peculiar uh, reaction to standard cardiological treatment. Sometimes standard supportive car cardiological treatment can actually do harm. And this was a subject, he was a 66-year-old, who spontaneously requested a cardiologic evalu evaluation for shortness of breath. He was seen by a cardiologist that uh, found abolished vesicular murmur with uh, pulmonary stasis, uh, arrhythmia, and uh, uh, the only uh, relevant uh, thing that the patient had in the medical history was actually hypertension. So uh, the, the local cardiologist performed uh, an ECG and found uh, atrial fibrillation conducted at a rate of uh, greater than 120, but no echo was performed at that stage by the local cardiologist. And uh, this was the, the uh, prescription, particularly a beta blocker was prescribed. And uh, subsequently, the dose of the beta blocker was uh, increased by the general practitioner. And a few weeks later, the patient uh, had worsening fatigue and uh, a presyncope episode. So the patient was admitted to the emergency department. He had uh, an acute heart failure with uh, uh, severe hypotension and a low cardiac output that was finally detected at the NICO. And uh, uh, the ECO showed uh, uh, a, a classical feature of amyloidosis and uh, the uh, diagnosis of cardiac AL-type amyloidosis was finally made. So in, this patient clearly could not tolerate what initially looked uh, as a standard um, treatment and the patient was, the diagnosis was missed for the lack of the first uh, echocardiography. What a great presentation of patient-centered clinical pearls and scientific information. We are grateful to Dr. Palladini for his ongoing work and today's discussion. Keep up with the world of cardio-oncology by joining ICOS and visiting our website. 
iCoast would like to thank you for listening to today's highlights and remind you to treat cancer, protect hearts.